inspired by some of you who've come up to me and uh, indicated how blessed they were on our coming together on yesterday. And I don't take any credit for that. It's God. Um, now, I had, I had um, one lady come up to me today <laughs> and said, uh, Pastor Ruggles, I was so blessed that I'm bringing six other people with me. I said, Lord, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna run us out of space, you know. And, and, and they said, well, we're coming to hear you preach. I said, well, I'm not, I'm not going to preach today. Um, I'm going to teach today. There may be some preaching in there, but I'm going to teach today because this is a workshop, this is a seminar, but I'm going to try to finish in time so that we can do a Q&A. That's number one. Number two, I made a mistake about mentioning that I had a sermon about Jacob. I say I made that mistake because my sister over there uh, came to me and said, we need to hear that sermon. I don't know how I'm going to fit it in. Um... In fact, Pastor Rick texted me this morning, early this morning, and said, Pastor Ruggles, can I get a copy of your sermon on Jacob? I'm hearing it twice. So I don't know how I'm going to do this. I have, uh, you all pray for me. I have, um, I, have two, I have two sessions on the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to do my first session where I'm going to introduce him on Thursday, and then I'm going to go into more detail on Friday. And it's and if I if 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 the Lord leads me to do that message on Jacob, I may just substitute that Friday meeting for for this other subject of Jacob. I don't know what I'm going to do. The only problem that I have is that my title of my message in the program is entitled, uh, you know, receiving the Holy Spirit. So I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'll put it before the Lord, and if the Lord wants me to do that, Holy Spirit impressed me to do that. I'm going to be very honest with you. Sometimes when we go to camp meeting, when I have camp meeting, when we have camp meeting, sometimes the speaker doesn't show up who's supposed to do it. So I said, let me just tuck this in my, my bag just in case one of the speakers doesn't show up and they need a ram, and I'll be that ram. So that's what I really had it for. That's what I really had it for. Uh, but uh, all the speakers have shown up. So I guess I'm not the ram, not yet anyway. <laughs> but that's why I really bought it. But uh, I mentioned it, and so I might have to, um, I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know. I think if, maybe if I can extend my Thursday session about the Holy Spirit a little bit, I can get that in. Uh, I don't mind telling you that at, at the conclusion of, of our, our meeting this week, I've asked Sister Mercer, who is a very good you need to uh, give Sister Mercer and her husband a hearty amen. amen. They are good workers for the Lord, and, um, and she, she, she obeys most of the time. Uh, uh, Rick, you have to justify the other part. I don't know if she obeys all the time. But I asked her, because I thought that this subject of the Holy Spirit was so important, I asked her to order some books on the Holy Spirit, and she did. And so what we were going to do was to pass that out on Friday, because I was going to complete my subject on the Holy Spirit. But if I complete my subject on the Holy Spirit on Thursday, I may just have her give it out. And we got another problem. We got a space problem, uh, which is a good problem. But then the other problem, I told her to order just 50 books. And I think we have more than 50 in here. 
So I don't know what's going on. But the Lord is in control of all of this. We'll get more? Okay. And then my la- I, have, I have a confession that I have to make. My presentation today, um, I, my PowerPoint I have in booklet form, and um, um, I'm in the process of writing a book on this same subject. And so I haven't had a chance to write the book year. It's been 10 years in the making. <laughs> so, you got, so, yeah, yeah, I just, you know, you get so busy. I'm serious. I get so busy. I was pastoring and doing conference work and all that kind of stuff and just running me to death. So what I did, I got, I got a summary of our situation here. And um, uh, Pastor Rick has the... He's recording our sessions, and that perhaps you can get it from there. And you just pray that one day I'll sit down and write the book. Um, I, I hate to say this. When the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you need to do it, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm beating myself up now. The Holy Spirit has placed eight books on my head, eight. And I haven't started to write the first one. And, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to have to do something about that. I'm going to have to do something about that. All right. Uh, Let's go to work. Let's bow our heads. Father, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful to be here at camp meeting. I'm grateful for these individuals who have come seeking a closer walk with you through prayer. I understand I I am nothing and can do nothing. But now I ask you to work in me and through me, and I ask you to bless what we do here today uh, so we can learn And as a result, have a closer walk with you. I promise you, Father, when it's all said and done, I will take no credit, but give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, let everyone say. Oh, another special treat. Pastor Rick, Pastor Rick heard my wife sing. She usually sings with me when I go different places. Um, And so she may do something at the end of this workshop. Pastor Rick, we have to have a CD player, so she she has a CD. You got one? I was hoping that you did I was hoping that you didn't have one so I could so so I can find an excuse for her. <laughs> so my wife is going to sing at the conclusion of our our time together and uh, I know that you will be blessed as a result. All right. Teach us to pray. Let's go to work. This is the request from the disciples. Even though they were can it, can you see over here? Can you see the, the PowerPoint? You can see over here, right? Okay. Uh, Even though they were in the church, this request indicates they were satisfied with their prayer life. They may have been praying, but not as effectively as Christ. When watching him pray, they were convicted that their prayer life was inadequate and needed instruction. By the way, all this is just preliminary right now. This request is also ours. The majority of Christians do not know how to pray. In fact, new Christians don't know what prayer is and are afraid to pray in public. They learn by rote and never receive formal instruction in prayer. Hence, we have generations of people who've never learned how to pray and are mouthing words aimlessly when, in fact, they could have effective contact with the monarch of the universe and get positive results. So it's my desire to provide instruction for successful prayer. Do we have any pastors in here? Any pastors in here? Can I see your hands? One, two, three, four. Uh, Let me just take a station break right here. I don't have time to tell you my story, but I left the church. I'm a third-generation Seventh-day Adventist, which means nothing if you don't know Jesus. You could be in a church and not know Jesus. I left the church, stayed out there for about 10 years. The only reason I'm here today is because of prayer. 
people interceded for me. Um, but when I came back into the church, I'm speaking to pastors now. When I came back into the church, I was, I was, I was on fire for Jesus, and I'm going to... My, my, my pastor gave me doctrinal instructions because I wanted to review all of that stuff because I had forgotten it. But one thing he did not do, and pastors, I want you to listen. My pastor never taught me how to pray and never taught me how to study the Bible. And those are two important things that we need. So, so, so when people come into the church, pastors, and I make the same mistake. I'm not, I'm not picking on you because I used to pastor. I made the same mistake. When people come into church, we just assume that they know how to pray. No, you got to be taught how to pray. They assume that you know how to study the Bible. No, they have to be taught how to study the Bible. And for, and for, for a while there, I'm fumbling. And, and, when, I, and when I went to prayer meeting, I, 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 don't laugh at me. I prayed that they wouldn't call on me to pray. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't call on me to pray. I don't know how to pray. Pastors, please, I beseech you. And you can use my material. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do something. I can't, make that, I can't make that promise. I would like to do something special for you. I got, I got my draft here. It's just a draft. It is in rough form. But if you desire it, I would try to get it to you through uh, Pastor and Mrs. Mercer so that you can have something to, to guide by. And I'm in the process... <clears throat> And this is the second book I'm going to write for the last five years. I'm going, to, I'm going to write a book on how to study the Bible. That's easy. You know, uh, you don't have to be a theology major and go to Andrews and know how to study. We need to teach our people how to study. We need to teach our people how to pray. This, this, these kind of things are foundational, you see, to our spiritual walk. We baptize, and I'm guilty, we baptize folks, put them in the pastor's class, go over the, the doctrinal kinds of things, but we don't teach the fundamentals of how to pray, how to, be, how to, how to agonize and, 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 and reach the throne room of God. We don't do that. We don't do that. So I'm, I'm making a special appeal to all the pastors in here and lay pastors and first elders as well. One of the things, and, and, and by the way, and I don't want to go into this, but we need to make sure that our new members are rooted and grounded so many times we, we baptize members and, and sometimes we don't even baptize members. I, I was talking to somebody the other day. I've got people who've come in by profession of faith. That's fine. But did you indoctrinate them? No. They just believe in Jesus. Yeah, believing in Jesus is good, but you got to tell them what they, in, what they joined. They got to understand right now we're dealing with a person who... Who, 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 is, who is having some issues simply because they did not get indoctrinated. We, 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 Pastor Rick, we are, so, we are so unindated by numbers that we don't take time to root and ground our people as they should. So, 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 so we do that. But, 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 but please, these two fundamental items are necessary. Prayer. And study, study, and prayer. Do you know what made Jesus so powerful? I'm going to tell you. Do you, do, do, you, do you not know that Jesus did not go to the seminary? But he knew more than the scribes. Why? Oh, somebody said homeschool. <laughs> hey, 
that's a, that's a good one, man. I, I'm going to use that at my next workshop. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. 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 From his earlier, from his earliest youth, his mother taught him the scriptures. So by at the age of 12, 12, he wasn't even a teenager yet. By the age of 12, Jesus knew more than the elders and the scribes. In fact, in fact, in fact, they were asking him questions. There's a 12-year-old asking him questions. Listen, 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 listen. When he was tempted in the wilderness, do you know what enabled Christ not to fail? It is written. And the devil came at him with scripture. What does that tell us? In these last days, we need to be rooted and grounded and know the word. Not only do we need to know the word, but we need to know how to pray. Jesus spent hours, hours, hours on his knees. And we can't even get God 15 minutes. Shame to tell it. Shame to tell it. I don't know how y'all got me off of that. Pastor Rick, the Holy Ghost is going to take over, man. Man, 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 I just, I, I didn't even start it. See how these folks got me off track? <laughs> All right. What is prayer? Definition of prayer. Step to Christ. By the way, by the way, this is going, I'm going to give you an exam. And this is one, I'm giving you the exam question. I'm going to ask you, what is prayer? It's found in Steps to Christ. Read this, read this with me, everyone, right here. Prayer is the All right. Simple definition. What is prayer? God, that's your friend. That's all you need to know for your exam. If you know that, you don't have to read the rest of this, but you'll pass if you get that first sentence, all right? So, 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 so. You and I are going to become friends. So when we become friends, we just start talking. I open up what's, what's in me, and you open up what's in you. That's what prayer is. Simple. 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 It's not all this ethereal formal. Formalism stuff. What a friend we have in Jesus. Jesus is our elder brother. Why pray? Through nature and revelation, through his providence and by the influence of his spirit, God speaks to us. But these are not enough. We need also to do what, everybody? Right here, right here, right here. What do we need to do? Do you remember on yesterday when we were together? I told you that real prayer is pouring out our heart from heart to heart. It's not just, are y'all with me on this? We need to pour out our hearts to him. In order to have spiritual energy, spiritual life energy, we must have actual what, everybody? Intercourse with our Heavenly Father. 
Our minds may be drawn out toward him. We may meditate upon his works, his mercies, his blessing. But this in the fullest sense, communing with him. This is not in the fullest sense, communing with him. In order to commune with God, we must have something to say concerning our actual life. Now watch this. This is, this is going to really blow your mind. Look at this. If the rush of work is allowed to drive us from our purpose of seeking the Lord, how often? We shall make the greatest mistakes. We shall incur what? Or like, like, now you read this last, read this next. Why? Can you imagine that? Neglecting prayer closes the door to God? Um, counsels on health. I believe it's counsels on health. If we, if the, I'm going to read this. If the rush of work is allowed to drive us from our purpose of seeking the Lord daily, we shall make the greatest mistakes. We shall incur losses. This is heavy. For the Lord is not with us. Mercy. Mercy. Do you not know? I learned this a long time ago. Sometimes those of us who used to pray sporadically, I'll pray today and I'll skip tomorrow and I may pray later on during the week. Do you not know that I'll pray today, I won't pray tomorrow, and then, man, I didn't pray. I forgot to pray today. I was too busy to pray today. And nothing happened. I mean, I didn't get struck by lightning. And so you feel emboldened. Well, nothing happened today. So if nothing happened today, something may not be happening to me tomorrow. So I'm so busy. I don't have time. My schedule is off. I don't have time to, to, to pray like I should. And I got by another day. And, I, and next thing you know, you have estranged yourself from God. You're not connected. And the devil comes and just zaps you. That's exactly what happens. This next, this next quote is going to blow your mind too. The darkness of the evil one encloses those who neglect to pray. Prayer is another distinguishing feature of God's church. Through exercising this privilege, God's people become what, everybody? Agents for the transformation. of You can be an agent. Jesus taught his disciples to pray for God's will to be done. God, God glorifies himself through his people by how? that harmonize with his redeeming purpose. The importance of secret prayer. Oh, watch this. It is impossible for the soul to flourish while prayer is not a special exercise of the mind. Family or public prayer alone is not sufficient. Secret prayer is very important. In solitude, what happens, everybody? To the inspecting eye of God, and every motive is scrutinized. I, I, had a, um, I had a deacon at one of my churches. He had an early job. I think he had to be to work at 7 o'clock or 6.30 or something like that. And he came to me. This is my deacon. He came to me one day and said, Pastor Ruggles, I don't have time to pray at home. What I do is I pray on my way to work. I pray while I'm driving. And I said to him, yeah, it's good to pray while you're driving. It's, it's good to pray, you know, all the time. I said, but you need, that, you need that special time where there's no interruption, no distraction, just you and God, and you can open up your soul and your heart to him. 
You, you, there, there is no substitute for that. Yes, we should pray without ceasing, but you need that foundational prayer. And I'm going to talk to you in a moment about what happens, how we do that. This next, this next paragraph here, secret prayer, how precious. The soul communion with God. Secret prayers to be heard only by the prayer hearing God. No curious ears to receive the burden of such petitions. In secret prayer, watch this. The soul is free from surrounding influence, free from excitement. Calmly, yet fervently, will it reach out after God. We discussed a little bit of this yesterday. Somebody asked the question, uh, should prayer be silent or audible? Um, and I, when I first came back into the church, once somebody showed me a little bit about prayer, they said, well, you need to pray so that the devil won't hear what you've got to say. The devil knows all about you. The devil knows all about me. You know, so I mean, what's the deal? Oh, you don't, you don't need to, he don't need to hear what you're going to say because, no. Let me read this right here. Both types of these prayers are acceptable and are in the Bible. However, each one serves a different function. Foundational power comes from the secret closet. That's why I say you got to have that personal time. Before you got going to work and driving and stuff like that, you need that secret closet time with God. However, you cannot always be on your knees in prayer, but your silent petitions may constantly ascend to God for strength and guidance. Once again, Council on Health, page 362. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. And we should have the door of the, our heart open continually and our invitation going up that Jesus may come and abide as a heavenly guest in the souls, except to Christ 99. The way to the throne of God is always open. And if we pray, even when our hands are employed, the Savior's ear is open to hear our petition. One of the things that I'm doing, and I, I, I haven't perfected it yet, and I just want to share it with you. There's a book entitled Practicing the Presence of God. Have y'all, some of you read that? Powerful book. Isn't it good? Isn't it good? And, 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 and what I got from that book and what I am trying to do, and I just want to share it with you, is to keep your mind in contact with God. See God with you moment by moment. Did he not say, lo, I'm with you always even to the end? So now, we have God in the morning, but what happens after our devotion? We forget all about because we get so caught up with what we're doing. I'd like to suggest to you, and this is going to take discipline and the help of the Holy Spirit, I'd like to suggest to you that we keep our minds directed in contact with heaven and, 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 and see God by our sides and, 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 and be in, can I, can I say this very kindly? I'm not going to say anything bad. But just a thought, just just a thought, just a thought, just a thought. Where's my wife? My wife has a heavy foot. But she gets me to point A from point B quickly. And my daughter, she, she done taught my daughter the same thing. Lord have mercy. But guess what? Guess what? Guess what? When she sees the blue light. Or when she sees, and my, you know what? Since we've been married, my wife has never got a speeding ticket. I, don't, I can't figure this out. I said, Lord, one day give her a speeding ticket. Just give her a speeding ticket. My wife has never seen, my wife, we've been married for 39 years. She has never got a speeding ticket. My wife can spot a cop 10 miles away. <laughs> uh, Forgive me, baby. I got to. I had to. Talk. But no, watch this. Watch this. Here's my point. Here's my point. 
when she recognizes that she's in the presence of law enforcement, she acts differently. (laughs) Where am I going with this? If we realize, if we're in the presence of God, constantly, I think we would act different. Make sense? There's some things that we do that we wouldn't do if we realized that God was watching. God was, was, was beside. How many times do we go on our knees and say, Lord, forgive me for doing this? I didn't mean to do that. But we could, we could eliminate those kind of prayers if we recognize, hey, Jesus is with me. And by the way, he's not there to hammer you. He's not there to make you do right. He does, he does not want forced obedience. He wants obedience out of love. Y- y- y'all with me on this? But, but, but here's my point. The mere fact that I recognize that I'm in the presence of God, I'm like Joseph. How can I do this wickedness, sin against God? So that's why this next quote right here, Cultivate the habit. Cultivate the what? It becomes a habit of talking with the Savior when you're alone. You know, one time, <laughs> I have to tell you this. One time I was driving my car, and I had Jesus sitting right next to me, and I was talking. And then at the stoplight, somebody pulled up and saw me moving my mouth. They thought I was crazy, but I didn't care. <laughs> Jesus is my co-pilot. He was my best friend. So I, I talked to him, even though people can't see him. He's with you. You all believe that Jesus is with you? So cultivate the habit of talking with the Savior when you're alone, when you're walking, when you're busy with your daily labor. Let the heart be continually, what everybody? Uplifted in what kind of petition? Silent petition for help, for light, for strength, for knowledge. Let every breath be a prayer. All right. In fact, if you continue reading the spirit of prophecy, prayer is also defined as the breath of the soul. Just like you need air to breathe and live physically, you need air prayer to live and breathe spiritually all the time. There are liabilities with the silent prayer in the secret closet. One is the tendency for your mind to wander and daydream. Vocalization helps you to stay focused. Secondly, the silent prayer is not as heartfelt as vocal prayer. The prayer that reaches the heart of God, and I want to repeat this again, comes from the heart of man, heart to heart. While the burdened soul can offer silent petition, the vocal prayer has more. I'm telling you, one of the secrets of really reaching God, I'm telling you, God, I'm telling you from my own experience, and when I read the Bible, God cannot resist a heartfelt prayer. When it comes from your heart, God, I need you. And you don't have to shout like I do, you know, but let it come from your gut. God, I need you. From your heart to his heart, God cannot resist you remember, when I, I gave you this example on yesterday, the lady that came asking for a blessing, she said, look here, I don't throw bread to, to, to dogs. She said, but, but master, even the dogs eat the crumbs. That was from her heart. Jesus couldn't resist. He couldn't resist. Your faith being unto you, he blessed her. And what I want to tell you, when you have a heartfelt, Prayer. I'm not talking about this namby pamby prayer. 
I'm talking about when you are really agonizing with God and it comes from your heart to his heart. God cannot resist. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I was, uh, I was suffering with migraine headaches. I don't know why now. There's two reasons why, but I know one of the reasons. And I had this before I, before I came back into the church. And then when I came into church, I was still suffering from migraines. And then when I got to the seminary, the migraines become, became so intense that it started to make me cry. One day, I couldn't take it no more. I got on my knees. And by the way, when you talk to God, when you, when you want him to do something, put a promise to it. That's how you get answers to prayer. God, God is a God that cannot lie. Put a promise to it. And I went to the book of Psalms. And, 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 and there was a verse in there which said, this poor man cried. I pointed to that verse. I said, God, this poor man cried. I can't take it anymore. You got to heal me. You got to take this thing from me. And I'm here to tell you, from that day, and I was back, that was back in 85, 86, to this day, I have not suffered another migraine. But it was from my heart. Are y'all listening to me? It was from my heart. The most effective praying comes from your heart. Forget all that namby-pamby formalism stuff. Cry out to God. God, I need you. Help me with this. God cannot resist a heartfelt prayer, I promise you. So, getting back. There's room for the silent prayer and the vocal prayer. But in my humble experience, there's more power in the vocal prayer. Yeah, there's times for silent prayer, but the vocal prayer is the one that's foundational and has the power. Let's look at the, let's look at the example of Jesus. Look at this. Jesus. This comes from volume, well, volume 3. Jesus spent, long, spent whole nights in prayer upon the lonely mountains. It was on our account that, what did he do, everybody? Pour out his prayers to his father with what? Do you think that he prayed silently? Poured out his heart. Strong tears. Crying. That's what reaches the heart of God. And this is the other thing. I love that. I mentioned this to you yesterday. At the sound. Just the sound. Of what kind of prayer? What happens? You want to make the devil run? You want to make the devil run? The sound. The sound. Devil can't take it. The sound of fervent prayer. Not this namby-pamby stuff. Fervent prayer. Vocal prayer. The whole host of the devil trembles. He can't take prayer. He'll let you do good missionary work. He'll let you keep the Sabbath. He'll let you do all this kind of stuff. But when it comes to praying, it's like kryptonite to Superman. He can't handle it. I promise you, he can't handle it. That's why the Bible says to pray without what, everybody? There you go. Make time for God. 
Fellowship with God is a wonderful experience. Intimacy with God has to be what, everybody? It doesn't come overnight. It doesn't just happen. But once you have it, nothing else in the world compares with it. How do you get it? It comes through ministry to others and through what, everybody? So why not get serious about prayer today? Just don't overdo it at first. You would not begin an exercise regimen by attempting to run a marathon. So don't start out trying to pray an hour a day. Start with what, everybody? Ten minutes and then increase it one minute each week. Choose a set place and a time of day. Then do what? That's, that's, that's very key, very key. Discipline yourself over a period of months. Keep a notepad in your pocket to write things down that come to your mind. Prayer inspires creativity so that you can put them out of your mind and continue praying. Pretty soon, you'll be looking forward to your time with God. First, your prayers will change you, and then you can start working on changing the world. It all takes time. So I told you yesterday it'd be good if you could not spend one hour. Somebody was asking me one day, how much time do I spend in prayer? I don't brag. I don't brag. I'm just telling you. And I, and I don't pray long enough. Um, my, my, my regular devotional time, and Pastor Rick, this is when I was pastoring. My regular devotional time is two hours. That's my regular devotional time. An hour in the Word and an hour on my knees. And that's not enough. That's not enough. If you read Great Controversy, you read the chapter on Martin Luther, you see how long Martin Luther stayed in the prayer room. She talks about five and six hours. Five and six hours. But God used that man to bring on the Protestant Reformation. When we look at the spirit of prophecy, Ellen White says that Jesus spent hours. Hours. I've talked to you about that yesterday. Hours. Hours. And we can't even give God 30 minutes. I'm ashamed to say it. I'm ashamed to say it. What's our position in prayer? We need to bow. And I got references that I don't want to go through all of that. True reverence for God is inspired by a sense of the infinite greatness and realization of his presence. The hour and place of prayer are what, everybody? Why? I don't care. I don't care where you have. You should, you should have a set time and a set place for prayer. I don't care where it is. It could be in the bathroom. Sometimes I've had mothers come to me and say, look here, I can't, the only place that I can have any solitude is in the bathroom. So that's, that's sacred. That's sacred. And, 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 where, listen to this, listen to this. Wherever God is, wherever prayer is, God is there. And that place becomes sacred. That place becomes sacred. So, but you need to discipline yourself, same time, same place. God is there. I think I mentioned to you on yesterday that I go to bed at 9 o'clock. The reason I go to bed at 9 o'clock, they tell me, and somebody has already verified it, that your best hours of sleep are before midnight. Have you heard that? They say that if you go to bed before midnight, you double your sleep value. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. So look here. So I'm, I'm trying to get to bed by 9 so that I can get up by 4 or 5. But if I get to bed by 9, I have doubled my rest, and I can get up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, you don't have to go to bed at 9. You, it, it depends on how much time you need to, 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 to sleep. But I do know this. I've made Matthew 6.33 my mantra, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. That is, my, that is my priority. My priority in life is to seek 
God first. Everything else. So, 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 I, 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 Rick, I'm a, I, I got to confess. My wife is sitting back there and she'll tell you, I'm a workaholic. And I'm not proud of it. I'm a workaholic. And I will work, Cindy, past the midnight hour sometime. But I'm, I, I'm confessing now. I'm getting to the point where when 9 o'clock gets here, if it's not done, God, I, you take care of the rest. Because I'm trying to discipline myself because my mantra is to seek God first. I don't want to wake up bleary and tired and all that stuff. As a matter of fact, sometimes when I work late, my wife, my, I got a good wife. I got the best wife in the world. My wife will get up. Everybody, every man say that won't be. But she, but she gets up and fix breakfast for me. She cooks for me. She, 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 and, and sometimes she will have breakfast ready and I got up late. She says, honey, I got breakfast ready. I said, honey, put it in the oven because I got to eat the word first before I eat my physical food. That, 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 that's just how important it is for me. And I want, you, I want that to be important for you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So, wherever you are, discipline yourself. And by the way, this, do you not know, can, can anybody tell me why it's hard to pray? Simple answer. Can anybody tell me why it's hard to pray? Exactly, sister. You hit the nail right on the head. The devil doesn't want you to pray. So he, he, he will bring in anything he can to distract you. He, he, will even, he will even make you, well, I don't feel like praying today. You've you got to get past those feelings. This is my duty. Oh, I got another passage of scripture that says prayer is a duty. This is my duty. I, so I can't rely on how I feel. This is what I got to do. You see what I'm saying? And, 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 and then he'll keep you up late so you, 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 you get up late. You don't have time. He put all kind of distractions. Somebody came to me yesterday. I don't know who it was who said the best time in the morning is when it's early. She, she came to me and said, look here, when I start praying, the telephone rings and, and, and children start running around and stuff. She said the best time in the morning is when everybody's asleep, no phones are ringing, and it's quiet. And she went on to say, like, like she just made a self-discovery, she went on to say, you know what? If I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock, no, everybody would be asleep. I said, yes. Quiet. Quiet. The Bible says Jesus rose up a great while before day. Everything is quiet. So what does it mean? Discipline yourself. It takes discipline. It takes discipline. And, and, and by the way, by the way, by the way, I don't mind telling you. I'm just, I'm just confessing up. I don't mind telling you there was a time when I didn't like to pray. You know what I had to do? I had to ask God, God, give me the desire to pray. I don't even have it within me to want to pray. Give me the desire to want to pray. And so if you have a problem liking prayer or liking Bible study, then ask God to give you the discipline, give you the desire. And you know what? There's some things that God won't answer, but when it comes to spiritual things, God will answer those. And God has given me a relish for prayer and the, blue, uh, and the study of his word, and I love it. I love it. Now, this is so, 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 so. Our position in prayer has to be on our bended knee. Ephesians 3, 4 says, for this cause, I, what everybody? That's the, that's, 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 the, that's the right position. Now, there are those who are immobile, have some physical handicap. You may not be able to kneel, but, 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 but as far as possible, we are to kneel. All right, I'm going to skip that. I'm going to skip that. You see the references there. 
Um, oh, this one last one, listen for God's voice. We talked about this a little bit uh, last night. Listen to this. We must individually hear him doing what, everybody? Speaking to the heart. I told you yesterday, God can speak to you. When every other voice is hushed and in quietness, what do we do? Before him, whatever. Silence of the souls make more distinct the voice of God. He bids us. Read it with me, everybody. So here's what I'd like to suggest to you. Here's what I'd like to suggest to you. When you get through praying, don't get up. When you get through praying, stay there for a while. And listen for the voice of God. Now, he may not always come audibly, but stay there. We get into the habit after you say, in the name of Jesus, amen, we get up. No, 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 stay there. Stay there. And see if he will speak to you. See if he will speak to you. Let's go on. All right, now, that was just a preliminary. Let me go on here. See, I'm re- Okay. When the disciples made the request, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus gave them a model structure that would provide a pattern for prayer. The Savior does not, however, restrict us to the exact use of these words. So even though he gave us the model, you don't have to say it verbatim, okay? As one with humanity, he presents his own idea of prayer. Well, watch this. Words so simple that they may be adopted by a little child, yet so comprehensive that their significance can never be fully grasped by the greatest mind. There are four general areas in this model. We are taught to come to God with our tribute of thanksgiving, make known our wants, confess our sins, and declaim his mercy in accordance with this promise. By the way, uh, you can find material about the Lord's Prayer in the books, uh, uh, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing. You can get that from there. Very good. Now, this is what blew my mind. This is what blew my mind. Let me read this first. There are two main divisions in this prayer. How many divisions? The first part deal of the prayer deals with God and his needs. The second part deals with man and his. I did not know that God had needs. I mean, this God who owns everything and has everything, he has needs? Yes. It reminds me of the Ten Commandments. Reminds me of the Ten Commandments. You know, the Ten Commandments have two parts. Love to God, love to your fellow man. Well, prayer has two parts. God's needs and our needs. You know what we do? You know the mistake that we make? The mistake that we make is we go right into our needs. God, I need. God, bless me. Lord, help me with this. And we don't even realize that God has needs. So we're going to, we're going to, this part today, I'm going to deal with God's needs. And then tomorrow, I'm going to wrap this part up and we're going to deal with our needs. But it's interesting to note that there are two divisions in prayer. So in this little booklet that I've, this little thing that I've drafted, um, right here, this prayer can be also looked upon as a curriculum for perfection. Oh, do you not know that if you pray right, it changes you? It changes you. It transforms you if you really understand the science of prayer. So what I did, I divided up into three sections. Each element has, that challenges our character, or I'm sorry, each section of the prayer has elements that challenge our character so that we be, can become like God. I've divided each section of the prayer into three parts. First of all, I explain the section. Then the second section, I talk about the character application. And then the third section is the mechanics, how to do it. 
And so that's what I do. And I, I apologize once again that I don't have written my book. But you pray that I can write my book so I can give it to you, okay? Also, also that you can buy it. All right. <laughs> now, I want, I want to refer you to the handout here. I did, I did get a handout into you. Now, um, I want to give you an acronym that you can hang your structure of prayer on, all righty? And this is the Holy, Pastor Rick, the Holy Spirit gave this to me. It just came out of the blue. The acronym is PC. If you look at the top of the sheet here, on the third line, it says PC, PC, P. The P stands for prayer, C stands for connection. So I got PC, PC, P. So now, if you, and if you look at the side, look at the uh, left-hand margin here, you see P and the verses that go along with P. You see C, the verses that go along with C. You see P again, the verses that go along with uh, P. You see C again, the verses that go along with C. And then you see P again. So all you got to remember, what, but see, I'm giving you structure, but once you get the structure and it becomes a habit, then you don't even have to worry about trying to memorize it. But I'm trying to give you something to hang your prayer structure on. So my, you know, there's others, there's other structures, they, call, they have what is called the acts of prayer, A-C-T-S. A stands for adoration, C stands for confession, T stands for thanksgiving, and S stands for supplication. You know, that's, that's another way that you could do it. But this is my way. You don't have to use it. I'm just giving it to you because Sister Mercer, she invited me to come here to tell you something. So I'm going to tell you something, and you can throw it away later on. That's up to you. But this is what I use, PCPCP, prayer connection. And so the P stands for what, everybody? All right, when I was, I'm from the north. I'm a Yankee. hate to admit it. I'm a Yankee. And uh, back in the day, back in the day, uh, I'll t- I tell you how old I am. My father, my father had a uh, 1950 Buick Roadmaster. I mean, it was, it was a German tank. They don't make cars like that anymore. But, but, but I live in Rochester, New York, right outside of Buffalo. You know, Buffalo, Syracuse, all that snow. And back in the day, they don't make cars. They make cars differently now. But back in the day, before my father, it's in the wintertime. Before my father drove off, he had to start the car and let it warm up. Well, I'd like to suggest to you that before we pray, we've got to warm up. And so my first P is called the prelude. It begins to set the stage for our praying, okay? So now, we're going to look at that, and so as we go through this, I'll point it to you, all righty? Now, those of you who were here yesterday, this is not on the sheet. I'm giving you your second question of the quiz. What is the first thing that I told you that I do when I pray? You get an A+. Plus. You get an A+. Plus. You, you are close. The first thing, and I'm telling you what I do. Now, you don't have to do it. I'm just telling you what, 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 makes, what works for me. The first thing that I do, I go to Romans 8.28 that tells me I don't even know how to pray. And I need the Holy Spirit to help me in my praying. The first thing that I do is I, I, I get on my knees and say, Holy Spirit, teach me how to pray. Enable my praying. Help my praying. Direct my praying. And there is what is called spirit-led praying, where the spirit just takes over. Now, some of y'all may be scared of that, you know. But, man, you shouldn't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing that I do is I pray and ask God, God, Holy Spirit, help me in my praying. That's the first thing that I do. But now, sister, you're right. The second thing that I do is I lift my mind to heaven. You got that? All righty. So I lift my mind to heaven. And uh, Isaiah 
57, 15, 57, as a matter of fact, I have memorized this. I have memorized Isaiah 57, 15, and it talks about how God is, is lifted up in a high and holy place. I memorize that, and I, and I say it, and I, I, I place myself where God is, okay? And then I meditate on the majesty and glory of the God whom we are approaching. So let us place ourselves, as it were, in the presence of God and direct our prayer to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, the first phrase, so now we're, we're, in, the, we're in the P, all right? Prelude, we're still in the P. And the first phrase in the P is what, everybody? My father, okay? This phrase is, is designed to give us what, everybody? What else? What else? When we approach the throne of God, which is an endearing term, which indicates his relationship with us and his tender concern and care for us. Uh, we have two children, and I, I, and I hate to admit this, and I can't say this publicly, even though I'm being recorded. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, I am, I am, sister. I have a son and a daughter. And I don't know how it happens, but daughters get their father's heart. And my daughter now is 33. And when she comes to visit me and I got to preach, I embarrass her. I said, that's daddy's baby. <laughs> Grown lady now. That's daddy's baby. She doesn't always do what I say, and sometimes she makes me mad. But I tell you what, I tell you what. Here's my point. Here's my point. She knows that her father got her back. She knows that whenever she has a need, she can come to daddy. Uh, just last year, my wife and I had to go dig in the piggy bank that had no money and bail her out. Made us even broker. I don't know if there's if such a word as broker. <laughs> there is. <laughs> but here's my point. Here's my point. Here's my point. Here's my point. My daughter knows that her father loves her. And, and that love gives her confidence. She doesn't care what happens. She knows that daddy's going to be there for her. I want you to think about it. God is our heavenly father. And we need to have that same kind of confidence that he got our back. He's, he, 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 as, he's a loving father. As much as we love our offspring, he loves us deeper than that. Amen. So, so, so knowing how he feels about us should give us confidence. See, listen very carefully. One of the other keys of successful praying is having faith. Don't be praying without faith. Your prayers don't get answered. And incidentally, one of the things that helps you to get faith is putting a scripture with your praying. But all of that said, you got to have faith when you talk to the Father. And what, what, what thing gives you better faith than knowing that you have a heavenly Father who loves you? Who, what, what gives you better confidence than knowing, look here, I don't care what I have done, my Father will never give up on me. Huh? I can, I got to tell you a can I, can I give you a testimony? I, I hadn't planned this. And I'm not proud of this. 
But I want to give somebody some hope. Before I give you my testimony, I'm talking to the pastors again. One of the mistakes of the Seventh-day Adventist church, and by the way, I believe with all my heart that this is God's remnant church of Bible prophecy. I believe that this is the last church that's going through before Christ comes. Every denomination has its role. Now, the Seventh-day Adventist church has its role in these last days. So I don't want you to get me wrong. I believe in this message. I believe in this church. I believe in the doctrines. But listen very carefully, pastors. One of the mistakes that we make is we preach doctrines, but we don't preach Jesus. Jesus has to be the center. He has to be lifted up. Yeah, we got the truth. Yes, we have the doctrines. But do we have Jesus? Book number three that you all need to pray that I write about. I already told the pastor. I plan to rewrite the 27 beliefs with Jesus as the center. I plan to redo my evangelistic sermons with Jesus as the center. Are y'all with me? Jesus has to be the center. And part of the problem that we have in our church, Christ is not the center and we are legalistic. We think that we are saved by what we do. We are not saved by what we do. Yes, I believe in the Sabbath. Yes, I believe in tithe paying. Yes, I believe in, 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 in the health message. All that is good, but that is not how I am saved. And look here, I, I'm going to tell you, I used to be judgmental, Pastor Rick. When I, when I saw folks who were not, who, who, who were not doing what, what, what we've been taught to do, I said, man, they're going to hell. <laughs> Some of y'all said the same thing. Don't be laughing at me. Child, do you see that dress she's wearing? She got makeup. They still eat meat. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Faith without works is dead. You got to have the works but it follows the faith in Jesus. Amen. It is Jesus who said, if you love me, you will do. Amen. So I grew up legalistic. And as soon as I got of age and graduated from high school, 17, 18, I'm gone. I'm through with this church. And I stayed out there for 10 years. And I'm, I'm not proud of it. I'm not, and I'm not telling you this to, I'm not proud of what I used to do. But I tell you this, and I was doing stuff I know I had no business doing. I put myself on Satan's ground. And you know what, young folks? I was so foolish. Now, listen to this. I'd be at a party doing stuff I ain't got no business doing. And, and all of a sudden, the thought would come to me, hey, man, if, I, if, 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 man, if Jesus was to come right now, man, I'm lost. And you know what I used to say? You know what I used to say? This is stupid. Well, if I go to hell, at least I won't be by myself. 
ain't that stupid? Ain't that stupid? That's how the devil had me, Pastor Rick. At least if I go to hell, I ain't going to go by myself. I'm going to have some company. But here's the point. This is what I really want to tell you. In the midst of my foolishness, and I faced death at least three times when I was away from Christ. Some, one time I was at a place where I had no business being, and somebody pulled a gun on me, and Christ stopped the bullet. Even though I was away from God, God was never away from me. He watched over me. Amen. He was my heavenly father who, oh man, I start, I'm, I'm going to start crying. He took care of me. Amen. You know why? He's my heavenly father. Amen. He took care of me. Amen. And he's taking care of you. Now, everything may not be like you'd like it to be, but you got a heavenly father who loves you with an everlasting love. And he demonstrated that when he gave his son. He gave his son so that you can live even though you're not worthy. Even though you're not worthy. While we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. So, that first word, knowing that God, and by the way, I got a, I got a place in here where, where I take you through all of this. We've been adopted into his family, made possible through Christ. We as his children, he loves us like he loves his son. Knowing that he loves us like a father gives us the confidence to approach and assurance to approach the throne of grace. And the faith that says we know that when we pray, he hears us. Confidence and faith are necessary ingredients for successful prayer. Let me move on very quickly. Because I got to go on. All right, now, 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 watch this. So I'm going to tell you how I do it. I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit, so I've, I've taken literally the words. And so that first word, our Father, let me tell you what I do. I'm going to tell you, what I'd like to su- suggest what you do. And I don't necessarily have to say it, but I think it, my Father. And I stop. I pause. And I think of a Father's love. And I think of I think about how God, how much he loves me, my father. And you don't even have to say a word. You don't have to say a word. Just pause and reflect. Oh, by the way, I told you yesterday, you have to take time to pray. There is no, we got instant grits, instant oatmeal. Instant rice, instant potatoes, but there's nothing, there, 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 there's no thing like instant religion. You got to do it the old-fashioned way. You got to cook it. So, so if you're going into a prayer time, rushed. I almost go to say, don't even pray at all, but now pray something. But I'm telling you something. I'm telling you something. I'm telling you something. Don't go into a prayer time. That's why you got to get up early. That's why you got to go to bed early so you can wake up early so you can have time with your heavenly father who, who waits for you to come into his audience chamber. So when I, I get up early so I can have as much time as I want. So now I take my time when I pray. And the first thing that I do after I do number one, I think about my father who loves me. And I just, I just, I just, I just let that thing saturate through my mind. I think about the love of my father, how much he loves me. By the way, station break. I I did this seminar several years ago, 
And I had, I had an individual come to me and said, well, I don't know. I don't know. how. I've never experienced a father's love. I never experienced a father's love. So, so, so how can I relate to this? I said, you may not have, you may not experience a human father's love, but you have a heavenly father that loves you in spite of. There may be some of you in here who've never experienced a genuine father's love. But I want to submit to you, even though you have not experienced human father love, you got a heavenly father who watches over you, who loves you and cares about you. Are y'all with me? Okay. All right. So that's what I do. Now, the character application. What is the character application? I'm going to have time to go through all of this. But now, character applications. Loving relationships are, possible, are required with everyone as far as possible. The term our father suggests that we are what, everybody? Sisters. Now, I'm going to say something that is not politically correct, but I'm going to tell you anyway. One of the things that saddens me is the separation that we have amongst races in our church. I know that's the elephant in the room. But how is the prayer of Christ going to be realized in John 17? I went to a church a Caucasian church. When the Caucasian church found out that I was coming to preach, half of them left. Oh, no, I'm telling you the truth. My wife is sitting right back there. I won't tell you the city. My wife is sitting right there. She'll tell you the truth. The pastor came to the door, red face. Oh, Pastor Rook, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Then he told me. Adventist church. Adventist church. I was, I'll tell you this church. I was at Andrews University doing my seminary work. My wife was with me. We went to prayer meeting. And in front of us were Africans. Uh, um, um, Andrews is multicultural. In front of us were people from Africa. No, 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 no. In front of us were sitting Caucasians. There were a group of Africans that came and sat beside them. The Caucasians got up. I promise you, we got a problem. And I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody in here of racism, but we need to, we need to understand that th- we got a problem. As a matter of fact, I, call, I called your prayer coordinator, Cindy Mercer, when she invited me. She's sitting right back there. One of the first questions that I asked, one of the first questions I asked, I said, Cindy, I'm coming to your conference. Will I be accepted? I asked her that. No, I asked her. She was was very honest with me. And, 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 and you all have made my wife and I feel, feel, really feel welcome. As a matter of fact, I was over at the meeting uh, last night, and it started raining. I didn't bring my umbrella. And, and I had my laptop with me because I was trying to get ready for today, and I, and I always use my time. And so I was bringing my laptop with me, 
and and I didn't want and but it, it, it wasn't raining when I went, but when I came back, it was it was raining. And so this was this was there was a Caucasian lady. It was a Caucasian lady who had an umbrella, and I, I was afraid to ask her. I said, "Ma'am, but I can't get my computer wet." So I went up to her. I said, "Ma'am, I don't know who you are, <laughs> but 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 can I can I share some of your umbrella?" <laughs> and do you know? The lady gave me a smile. Said, "Yes, Amen. yes," and we walked from 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 the from the. Uh, the gym or whatever that place is, all, auditorium, all the way over to the hotel. And she went a step further. She said, my car is parked over there. But she said, I'm going to walk you to your hotel. Yeah. That's the Carolina conference. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good. But what I'm saying, here, here's what I'm saying. I want you to understand something. And we, we don't get this. As a matter of fact, you need to know, you need to know this, this is a problem in this church, so much so, we used to have 27 beliefs, now we have 28 beliefs. And the reason we have 28 beliefs is because of the situation. Yeah. Well, we, we need to embrace all cultures and nations and all that. You look at it. You look at your 28 beliefs now, and it's in there. So now, so now, you know what really, you know what really gets me? We are supposed to be representatives of the truth. And it's not your fault. I'm, I'm not blaming you. I'm just highlighting the problem. If, in fact, we are related, brothers and sisters, all of us came from the same parents. Adam and Eve were the first parents. But the devil has been so successful in the keeping us divided because of sin. We look down on one another. Not only with race, but with economics too. If you're poor, I have nothing to do with you. Or if you come, or if you're in a second class, a certain class, I have nothing to do with you. Separation, sin. We are supposed to be representatives of God. Let me tell you, John 17 says, Jesus says, one of the signs that the world will know that you sent me is that we all will be one. I beg pardon? We became poor so we could be. That's right. Not only in this church, I'm not, I'm not going to bemoan the Adventist church, but Sunday keeping churches as well. I heard one Sunday preacher say on the radio that the most segregated hour is Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. And we're supposed to be Christians. We're supposed to be Christians. I want to change our mindset. I want to change our mindset and help us to all recognize and what to pray for, that this church will become one. I, I tell you what, I don't agree with their doctrine, but I like what they do. Jehovah Witnesses, they recognize this, and they have an African-American and a Caucasian working together, going door to door. They recognize that they had an issue. They recognize that, and they apologize and confess, said, we're going to correct this. I was talking to Pastor Rick. No, I was talking to Pastor Ron. And, 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 and the, prayer, the prayer may not be answered, but we need to pray for unity in our church, even with our conferences. It doesn't make any sense. I go to, I'm not going to tell you where I go. <laughs> in my city where I go to church, I have an African-American church 
and I got a Caucasian church, and both of them are small, when they need to join together and, and work together to become one? And, 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 and as, I was, as Ron, the driver, was driving me, he said, yes. He said, yes, but if we get together, what about the conference? What conference is going to pick us up? I'm, I'm, man, I got, you, you all got me off. All right, so the character of application, let me go through this very quickly. I've got to go through this because we've got to let you go. We have obligations, and when we recognize that God is our Father, we have obligations as his children to be guided by his wisdom, to be obedient, blah, 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 blah. All right. <laughs> um, next phrase, under P, which art in heaven. What I do here, this phrase adds to our confidence to our Father. It reminds us of the, the where's my pen? You all took it from me. Here it is. It reminds us of the location and position of our Heavenly Father, which aids in our approach. He is in heaven. He is the ruler of, of the universe, awesome and powerful. He can do anything. In his care, we may safely rest, saying, what time I am afraid, I will trust in these. This phrase gives us confidence that God is able to answer our petition, which aids our faith, which is necessary for success. Let me tell you what I do. All of this is mental. All of this is mental. I'm thinking, my father. I take time. I marinate that thought. And then I think about where he is. He's in heaven, which means he got power to do anything he wants to do. I, and, and I don't say this. I just, I just think it. This is a mental process for me. So that's what I do. Now, let me go on very quickly to my next slide here. Now, so here's what I do. This is continuance of the prelude, seeing God in heaven. And you may want to take time to praise God for his power for, and what his power has done for you. So here's what I do. Here's what I do. I'm telling you what I do. When I get to the part, and I put all this together, and I think about where he is, and he's able to do anything, I think about what he's already done for me. And I start to thank him. I start to praise him for what he has done. Has God done, has, has God done anything for you all? Amen. Do you have something to be thankful for? Yeah. Then you need to thank him instead of taking it for granted. Look here, I'm grateful that he woke me up. I'm grateful that I got a roof over my head and clothes on my I'm glad. I'm grateful that I got food. But you know what? God takes us through journeys and through experiences, and he begins to do things for you. You thank him for that. You thank him for that. I was in a near accident about a week ago. God kept me out of the accident. I thank him. I got sleepy one time. God woke me up. Thank him for that. God does things. So, so this, is my, this is part of my praise time. I begin to thank him. So you can take time to do that. Once again, this shows you this takes time. This takes time. Character application helps us to respect God. Let me go on. Hallowed be thy name. I'm almost through for this part for the day. Hallowed be thy name. We must realize that when we pray, we are entering to the audience chamber of the Most High God. Entering to his presence, we should be careful in our approach. He is holy, so we should approach his throne with reverence, awe, and respect. Our words should also be reflective of the same. As his children bearing his name, we too should be holy. We should ask God to help us to be holy and enable us to live holy lives. Ask him to help us to be like him. We should also ask that his name be hallowed in the world like it is in heaven. I'm, gonna, I'm rushing on now because i got to go. Now, here's the mechanics. Here's the mechanics. Once again, this first part of the prelude is, 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 is mental. But I've, I'm thinking about the phrases now in the prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. So I'm thinking about now, God is a holy God, and I'm coming into his presence. And so now, 
I lift my mind to heaven and visualize the throne of God with his holy angels around it crying, holy, holy, holy. I approach the throne with reverence and awe. The words you speak are with respect. Ask for his name to be hallowed in the world and in you that you do no dishonor to his worthy name by which we are called. Ask for his life and character through faith in the righteousness of Christ. Let me go on very quickly. Character application, develop reverence and respect for God. This calls us to be holy, number two. Possess the character of God. We can't become holy on our own. We have to accept the grace and righteousness of Christ. Let me go on very quickly. Thy kingdom come. Two more phrases and I'm done. This, is very, this one is very, very important. We are asking for God's kingdom. Now, we have passed the P now. Are you all with me now? We have passed the P. The, the first P has three phrases in it. Our Father, I told you about that. Which art in heaven, I told you about that. Hallowed be thy name, I told you about that. And by the way, most of this is, is, is thinking. That's the warm-up. That's the prelude, okay? And um, it, with the exception of when you think about his power and position, you begin to thank him for what he has done with his power for you in your life, okay? But now we're coming to see consecration. And in consecration, there's just two phrases. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Let's look at this very quickly so I can let you go. We're asking for God's kingdom to come. Now, how many phases are there to his kingdom, everybody? Two, two phases to his kingdom. There's what, first of all, it's called what, everybody? And then the kingdom of glory. The kingdom of grace is God's grace working on our hearts and the hearts of others. This portion of the prayer is asking God to come in and transform us into his image. The kingdom of grace comes before the kingdom of glory. In fact, we are now living in the dispensation of the kingdom of grace. Now watch this. We also have a responsibility to get others ready for the kingdom of glory during this grace period. This means we need to witness. Our prayer should include asking for wisdom, guidance, strength, and opportunity to witness. He who is not working to build up the kingdom is not praying this portion in sincerity. Christ can't come until everyone has been warned and his character has been perfectly reproduced in his people. So in summary, this portion of the prayer is is saying, get me ready and use me to help others to get ready so that your kingdom can come. How do you do it? First of all, you open the door of your heart and allow Christ to come in daily. Number two, ask for a renewed heart that looks like God so that you can be saved and accurately reflect him to others. Number three, ask for help to overcome defects. Now let me just stop right here. I'm almost done. Let me stop right here. You need to understand I wish I had time to tell you. You need to understand that we're now living in a period of what is called the investigative judgment. You with me? What's going on during the investigative judgment? Christ is searching. If you understand the Old Testament sanctuary service, when the priest was in the most, high, in the most holy place, the people were supposed to be spending time doing self-examination. While the high priest was still in the most holy place, While the people were still doing self-examination, if they thought that there was something that they forgot to confess and bring to the sanctuary, while the priest was there, they would rush to the sanctuary, get that animal, confess that sin, slay it, and then have it transferred. Anybody who did not do that, the Bible says they were cut off. Watch this. Our high priest now, Jesus Christ, is in the most holy place, getting ready to come out. And what we're supposed to be doing is self-examination. We're supposed to be taking time doing some introspection. Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. We need to be doing that on a daily basis. And I'm here to tell you, there's nobody in this room who is perfect, including the preacher. We're all born in sin and shaping in iniquity. We're all messed up. Sanctification is a work of a lifetime. 
Heaven is a ceaseless approaching under God. There is no stopping place. There is nobody who can stand up here in this room and say, I've arrived. There's nobody in this room who can say, I'm ready to be translated. No, you're not because you're filthy. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. I hate to bust your bubble, but the Bible says that the heart is wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Desperately wicked. And you've got the nerve to say, just because I, I keep the Sabbath, I'm ready for translation. No, you're not. God got a work to do inside of you. And this part of the prayer, which is consecration, we need to be spending time weeping between the porch and the altar saying, Lord, be merciful unto a sinner like me. God, I need some help. And if you don't know what's wrong with you, ask him. Ask God. God, show me what's inside of me. I dare you to ask him. If you ask him in sincerity, he will show it to you. Part of the problem of the Laodicean church is we are blind. Don't even know that we're naked and wretched. Messed up. You got the nerve to stretch your chest just because you are seven-day Adventist. And you look down on others who don't keep the Sabbath. Do you not know God got folks outside of this church who is waiting to bring in as soon as you get out? Oh, 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 oh. You haven't heard about the shaking? Oh, I wish I had time. Oh, man, I got to go. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at here. During this time of consecration, you need to be doing some soul searching. You need to be asking the Holy Spirit, show me myself. And when he shows you yourself, confess it. Then ask God to take it while Christ is in the most holy place. Because when he comes out, the benediction is going to be say, he that is filthy, let him stay that way. He doesn't just let him stay that way. And we are sealed for eternity before Christ comes and you won't even know it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, your, your destiny is being determined right now, and we're playing around. Think we're on a picnic. Think we got time. And Christ is, tr- is trying to plead for your soul, and you don't even have the, you don't even take the time to do the self-examination to help yourself. Got to go. Okay, I'm going to take you with me. <laughs> Number three, ask for help to overcome defects. Number four, ask the Lord to use you today to draw someone closer to him in any way he sees fit and ask for courage and wisdom to witness. Do you not know that everybody on the planet who's a Christian is supposed to be a witness? Did you know that? Now, everybody may not be able to do the same thing. Everybody can't teach. Everybody can't preach. But everybody can do something for God. And I don't care how old you are. If you can't do nothing but intercede while others are working, you can do something. Don't you be, you know what, Pastor Rick, you know what I'm part of this? We baptize folks, send them in the church, and watch them for two years before we ask them to do anything. And by the time we get ready to do it, they're dead. Everybody has something. And, and by the way, First uh, Corinthians 12 talks about spiritual gifts. Everybody has a gift. Ask God, God, show me my gift and use me today. By the way, you do know that there will be no starless crowns in heaven. You're going to have to bring somebody with you. You know what I do? I carry tracks everywhere I go. In fact, the maid who came clean my room today, I gave her a track. Even if you don't know what to say, sister, say, hmm. <laughs> Then they, 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 
They're going to get tired of me. But, 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 but here's, here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. In your praying in this part, you want God's kingdom to come? God can't come until everybody's been warned. And God wants to use you to touch. And by the way, God can use you in a variety of ways. Give your testimony. Say a prayer for, let the Holy Spirit, look here. Do this with this person. Do this with Ask him, Lord, show me what you want me to do today and enable me to do it. I had a, I had a lady say, I'm scared to witness. I'm, I, I, I need, pray for courage. But in your praying, you need to pray and ask God to use you today. Um, let me go on. Character application, transformation, you're allowing God to come into your work. Witnessing, you got a witness for God. I'm going to go on. Last one, that will be done. This one is linked with the first. This is the last one for today. Thy will be done. This phrase is solidly linked with the preceding phrase. For in order for God to do his work in us and through us, we have to do what, everybody? Surrender. What do we surrender? He has to have what kind of control? Of the heart. With our hearts in his hand, what does he do? And works in us to the will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, the surrender of the will is so difficult, so we have to ask for help to surrender on a daily basis, a moment by moment, to surrender. Now, let me tell you what I do. I'm going to tell you how I do this. I link this part of the prayer, thy will be done with thy kingdom come. And, par- and when I get to that section, I say, Lord, I surrender my will to you. I surrender my will. You know, the one thing that God will not do, he will not take away the will. He gives us all the power of choice. So, Lord, I surrender my will to you today. Come into my life. Take control. And by the way, I say that in the morning, but I got to say that in the afternoon, too, because you, 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 can, dev- you can surrender to him at 8 o'clock and take it back at 12. All righty, all right. I'm, I'm going on, I'm going on, I'm going on. Lastly, the mechanics, how do you do that? Open the door of your heart during that section of the prayer, thy kingdom come. You should also tell the Lord that you are surrendering to your heart and your will to him. Oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way. Even if you don't want to surrender, tell him, Lord, I don't want to surrender, but help me to want to want to. All righty. Lastly, this is found in Step to Christ, and I, I have memorized it, and I, I close this as my part of my consecration. Here's what I say. I want you to read it with me, everybody. Read it with me. Take me, O Lord. That's what I do. My time is gone. I got more to tell you. We'll finish up on tomorrow. Those of you who have questions, um, if you want to stay by, I'm willing to stay by and, and answer any questions you may have. But let's have prayer. Father, I want to thank you. I pray that something that has been said will help them as they structure their prayer life, but not even their prayer life, but their spiritual life. Prayer is the most powerful thing on the planet, along with the study of your word. Father, we can't make it without prayer. And my prayer is that we will begin to inculcate some of these principles so that we can enhance our prayer life. Teach us to pray so that one day we will be in a position where we won't have to pray anymore because we'll see you face to face. Until that end, help us to be faithful in Jesus' name. Amen.